Hey, happy Monday, Mets fans. Hope you're all getting a good start to the week. How was the weekend, huh? The weekend treat you. Let's look at the big overall picture for a Metsies. Not a bad weekend. Went in two out of three. Very impressive performance of the Jake Man and Marcus Stroman. However, yesterday, we did have a little bit of meltdown. That's okay. We're going to have bad games every now and then, and we can't even blame this one on Joey Lucchese. He pitched very, very, very well. What happened was, the bullpen melted down. Yes, and we melted with them. But, the good news is, we play again today. We play the Cubbies. Big, big, big four-game series with the Cubbies. Now, as Flames enveloped, enveloped uh, Jerry's Familia in the seventh inning Sunday... The signal to the bullpen occurred a batter too late, and then it got uglier for the Mets. A tired bullpen without Seth Lugo, Aaron Wolf, Edwin Diaz, and Miguel Castro. Left manager Louis Rojas searching for answers. Now, is this going to be a sign of things to come with all these games coming up that are going to be strapped for the bullpen? I sure hope not. Going to have to maybe stretch out these starters a little bit longer. And with the tired bullpen... Louie came up a little short on the wrong side this time. He tried to stretch Familia. Perhaps he was on fumes for two innings and entrusting the bases loaded situation to Jacob Barnes. And sooner or later, he knew this tag team of Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado was going to do us in. And they blasted five, worth, five runs worth of homers in the inning, denying the Mets a three-game sweep of the Padres with a 7-3 loss in God's country, City Field. Now, the meltdown was a rare hiccup for a Mets bullpen that entered eighth in the major leagues with a 3.51 ERA this season, familiar among the brightest spots. Disaster struck as Rojas tried to get a second inning in from Familia, extending him to 41 pitches after the right-hander had worked a scoreless six. With two outs in the seventh, Familia walked pinch hitter Jerickson Profar to load the bases and then remained in the game to issue a four-pitch pass to Tommy Pham, forcing in a run to tie it at 2-2. Barnes entered and served up a grand slam to Tatis. The ensuing batter Machado also homered to put the Mets into a 7-2 hole. Now, Rojas Sayas short bench with Billy McKinney and me, Valar, Family Matter being unavailable. But the fact that the pitcher, stop, pitcher spot in the order was due up in the bottom of the seven for summoning Barnes instead of Trevor May. The idea would get one more, more than one out from May, his best available reliever. Rojas also defended his decision to stretch Familia after he had walked pro far to load the bases. Rojas said Familia didn't show he was gassed out or anything at that point. He did have a high pitch count in the inning, but just him throwing the sliders repeatedly. He was pitching. I felt he was controlling the ball and he was trying to get a strike out of pro far. But things just didn't work out the way uh, we had hoped, I guess. And we all know what happened at that point on. Things did not get pretty for the Metropolitans. It all started for Familia and his troubles when the inning began when he walked Eric Hosmar, Eric Hosmer leading off. Ha Sing Kim followed a single right field for Webster Revis' sacrifice bunt moved the runners up. Familia struck out pinch hitter Trent Grisham for the second out before the inning collapsed. Lugo, Diaz, and Loop were all unavailable because of recent usage, and Castro was out due to neck stiffness. 
Barnes said, you kind of know there's three or four guys down today. We had this earlier in the year, too. A lot of times, actually, you know there's probably half the bullpen available. Once Lucchese came in the fifth, I knew at some point I would be in this game. Now, Lucchese gave the Mets a chance by completing five very, very good innings for the first time in this season. Left-hander had one run on four hits with six strikeouts and one walk. He was really, really looking good. I was impressed. It was the fourth straight start in which Lucchese allowed one earned run or less. Now, Pham was responsible for the one run against Lucchese with a homer leading off the game. When that happened, I said, oh, no. Because even Keith Hernandez was saying, I can't believe he has that much power. That ball just get going and going and going and went over the center field wall. Now, Lucchese surrendered two additional hits in the first inning, but escaped by getting Hosmer to hit into a double play. In the second... Lucchese walked Rivas before getting Jorge Mateo to end, hit into an inning-ending double play. The Mets turned their third double play of the game in the sixth their familiar had allowed consecutive singles to begin the inning. Jose Peraza, nice shot from Jose. He launched a two-run homer in the fifth that gave the Mets a 2-1 to lead. The blast was his fourth of the season. In the inning, Mason Williams delivered a one-out single against Chris Paddock before Peraza cleared the fence and left center. It was a tough run, Rojas said at a loss, knowing that we had a lead at some point against this team and knowing how our bullpen has been pitching. We felt pretty good, and it flipped for us. Things like that happen. We just got to bounce back against the Cubs. But one thing that was impressive in this game was Joey Ocasey, and Joey wants to think that he is under shot at working through the batting order a third time. But will the Mets give him that opportunity? I say, why not? Uh, you got to give the If he doesn't do it the next couple times he's pitching good through the fifth okay then I could see that but if the pitcher wants it sometimes you just gotta let him try it now he was removed after 72 pitches Sunday when honestly he just allowed one earned run on four hits with six strikeouts and one walk over five innings and you know you just say oh they lost with Gazy pitch well it wasn't his fault and he really seems to want to pitch as long as he can uh over his last four starts, he's pitched to a 1.56 ERA. And now Rojas is even saying that it is possible he will get to work through the lineup a, fourth, a third time. But I can see uh, Rojas's concern with Pham, Tatis, and Machado coming up, all strong right-handed bats. So I'm not going to disagree with the decision, but I am going to encourage maybe let Lucchese pitch a little bit longer in the games. Uh, some encouraging for the news for the Mets was Jeff McNeil began his minor league rehab assignment by going 0 for 2 and playing, playing five innings at second base for single A Brooklyn. He's been on the injured list on since May 16th, so it's been a while and we could welcome him back. He wasn't hitting that well beforehand, so maybe the rest and everything cleared his head and he could start swinging the bat like the McNeil we've known from years past. Other good news is Michael Conforto is 95 to 100% strength running the bases over the weekend and could soon begin a minor league rehab assignment. Conforto, as we know, has been sidelined with a strained right hamstring. Uh, it could be by the end of the week that he's actually starting to get into some baseball action. Now, Jacob DeGrom, everyone's holding their breath still despite the positive news. He played catch for a second straight day later said he felt good <coughs> after leaving Friday's start with right flexor tendonitis. The Mets asked if Mets asked, Ace was asked if he will take his turn on rotation Wednesday. Said that's the plan. 
they're taking it day by day with DeGrom, so who knows what's going to happen. But right now, the rotation looks like Peterson, Walker, DeGrom, and Stroman pitching the four games <clears throat> against the Chicago Cubbies. Now, Dellen Potenza threw a scoreless inning with two strikeouts as he began a minor league rehab assignment for single A St. Lucie. The right hand was in his first game action since the first week of the season. And let's give a biggest shout out to uh, one of our fan favorites, and he's going to be a Met legend forever, Bartolo Colon. He's now 40 years old and he rolled a complete game Sunday for the Aceros de Moclava of the Mexican League on just 90 pitches. He surrendered two runs on five hits while notch notching seven strikeouts and walking one. Through five starts this season, Cologne is 3-1 with a 3.56 ERA. Now, Cologne last appeared in the Major Leagues in 2018 when he pitched with a 5.78 ERA in 28 games for the Rangers. He's always been a Met fan favorite, and during his three years with the Mets, he pitched with a 3.90 ERA. And who will forget that home run he hit against James Shields in 2016 at Petco. The place went bananas. Now, Cologne is still determined to pitch in the Major Leagues. Citing a desire to pass uh, Juan Marichal for most innings thrown by a Dominican player. At 3,461 and two-third innings, Cologne stands 46 innings shy of Marichal. And he's also expressed a desire to retire as a Met, yet the Mets, like all other 29 teams, have been unwilling to take a flyer on the ageless wonder. But it's going to be fun following the progress of Bartolo Cologne this year. Another thing to talk about. And we'll be talking about it. You know that. Also on the Met Horizon, looks like Sean Reed Field Foley, who I like. I like him. Uh, he may be activated before the Cubs series beginning tomorrow. And so far this year, he had a 1.98 ERA for the Mets. And I would welcome him back. He, kid's got good stuff. Hey, remember Dylan Potensis? He struck out two and walked one in his first rehab start. Uh, rehab appearance, I should say, for St. Louis Mets. His top fastball pitch clocked in at 94 miles per hour. Uh, Jose Peraza, here's a little statistical tidbit for you. He has hit four home runs this season. All four have given the Mets a lead. And what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break and we come back. We're going to be back to rock you like you've never been rocked before with some more great Mets stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be right back and the second half will be just as good as this. Okay, fans of the Metropolitans, we are back. And as promised, we're going to do our Mets Jeopardy and Mets Trivia question of the day. Who is ready? Okay, looks like all of you are. That is quite, quite, quite impressive. Thank you very much. Now, today's Met Trivia question of the day was provided by group member Harvey Porras. He's asking... Well before Johan Santana's no-hitter in 2012, the Mets had a nine-inning no-hitter in spring training in 1965. Who pitched it for them? So once again, Harvey's question is, well before Johan Santana's no-hitter in 2012, the Mets had a nine-inning no-hitter in spring training in 1965. Who pitched it for them? Now today's Mets final Jeopardy. Who's ready for that? 
Oh. Do I see any hands yet? No. Okay, now I see them. Okay, here's the first clue. Wore the name Tico on his jersey during Players Weekend in 2017 and 2018. He scored the game-winning run of Game 7 of the World Series after entering as a pinch hitter in the 10th inning. Once again, the two clues for today's Jeopardy. He wore the name Tico on his jersey during Players Weekend in 2017 and 2018. He scored the winning run of Game 7 of the World Series after entering as a pinch hitter in the 10th inning. Those of you two clues, lock in your answer. End of the podcast, we'll be back to tell you how you did. Now, this date in Med history. No birthdays to celebrate today, so you won't hear the infamous birthday song. But stay tuned, it's going to come one of these days, maybe tomorrow. Here are transactions. The Mets purchased Jack Aker from the Atlanta Braves on June 14, 1974 on this date. Who remembers Jack? He had that funky sidearm delivery, I believe. Uh, reliever, I remember actually listening to a game in 74 when he pitched against the Cubs in Wrigley Field. It was on WNYC. I remember the weekday afternoon games were covered by WNYC, which I believe was like a public radio station. Boy, do I have a good memory. Either that or I need to get a life. Anyway, on this date in 1983, the Mets traded Marvell Wynn and Steve Centeny to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Junior Ortiz and Art Ray. And then on this date in 2017, the Mets in the first round, their 20th pick overall, picked current left-hander David Peterson. Boy, we sure would like David to turn it around quick for us, right? Hopefully he will. And those are the transactions on this date in Met history. Now for this date in Met history, let's pick a game and let's go to it. How about June 14, 1969? The Mets are on their infamous West Coast road trip again. And uh, they're playing the Dodgers. Dodgers are only a game out of first place at this point, 32-24. and 24. The Mets still eight and a half games behind the Cubs at 29-25. and 25. But how things will change. Mets will make the postseason and Dodgers won't. But we didn't know that on this date. What we didn't know was we're going to see one hell of a pitching matchup. Two future Hall of Famers going at it today. Tom Terrific Seaver against Don Sutton. What a matchup. For the lineup, we had Buddy Harrelson at short, leading off. Tommy Agee center field, batting second. Wayne Garrett batting third, playing set. Tommy Agee batting second, playing center field. Wayne Garrett batting third, playing second base. Cleon Jones left field, batting fourth. Art Shamsky right field, batting fifth. Eddie Cranepool batting sixth at first base. Ed Charles seventh, batting, playing third. Jerry Grody catching, batting eighth. And Tom Terrific on the mound, batting ninth. Now for the Dodgers. Speed Demon Maury Wills leading off playing short. Willie Crawford, a thoroughbred of an athlete, playing in left field, batting second. Gold Glove winner Andy Costco at first base. And uh, Wes Parker, I should say, at first base, Gold Glover. Andy Costco in right field, batting cleanup. Tom Howard, good catcher, batting fifth. Uh, Manny Moda, center field, who became a pinch hitter deluxe later in his career, batting sixth in center field. Jim LeFay batting out third, playing third and batting seventh, Ted Sizemore, who used to advance Lou Brock when he was a second baseman with the cards in later years, batting eighth as a second baseman, and Don Sutton on the mound. 
Now, what happened in this game, you may be saying. Well, I'm glad you asked. I am glad you asked. Uh, Seaver started the bottom of the first inning by routinely grounding out uh, Maury Wills 6-3. And Willie Crawford smacked a triple. And then Wes Parker, right after that, knocked him in with a single. So right away, the Dodgers had a 1-0 lead. Tom on shaky ground. Will he settle down? We shall see. Mets came right back in the top of the second. Art Shamsky grooved one and hit a one-out home run to tie the score at 1-1 for the Metropolitans. Way to go, Art. And then... We kept going at it. We kept chugging, chugging, chugging until the top of the fourth. It's still 1-1. Cleon Jones led off with a fly out to center field. Art Shamsky again with a base hit, a single. And then Eddie Charles got a single. Art moves to second. Uh, Jerry Grody walked. And now it's bases loaded. And who comes up to the plate? Who? Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver. Yes, and he smacks a two-run single. And it was a crazy play because it was hit to center field. Uh, the third baseman cut it off, threw to the second baseman, and somehow Jerry Grody was then tagged out by the pitcher at second base to end the inning. But still, before all that happened, two runs crossed the plate, and Tommy did it. Now, the game went scoreless the rest of the way. The Mets did prevail. And the final score, New York Metropolitans 3, Los Angeles Dodgers 1. Here's that pitching line from the two future Hall of Famers. Tommy pitched 8 innings, 6 hits, 1 earned run, no homers, 2 walks, 3 RBI, 3 strikeouts I should say. Tom, Tug McGraw came in to get the save in the ninth with 1 inning of 1 hit relief. Uh, for the Dodgers, Donnie Sutton took the loss. 8 innings, 5 hits, 3 earned runs, that 1 home run to Art Chamsky. Three walks and eight strikeouts, not too bad. And then Jim Brewer came in and pitched the ninth for the uh, Dodgers. So two exciting clubs having two good years with two Hall of Fame pitchers on the mound. It's a day to remember in Met history. Also on this date in uh, 1963, uh, in a 10 3 win over the Reds at Crosby Field, Mets outfielder Duke Snyder hit his 400th career homer of Bob Perkey. With that home run, Duke was coming towards the tail end of his career, and he will finish his 18 years in the major leagues with 407 round trippers. Way to go, Duke. Now you're probably asking yourself, what's going on in the group? Yes, the best Met Facebook group out there, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life. We're going to touch on one topic today that was in the group, and that was... Who should be the Mets' starting catcher? James McCann or Thomas Nito? Well, you folks have spoken. Over 85% of you said James McCann. And I agree. As great as Nito's been, it's good to know he's back there. And he'll get a lot more playing time due to his performance so far the first two months of the season. But James McCann is, in the long run, the better athlete. The better hitter, I think. And uh, he can handle the pitching staff just as well. But props to Nito. He's really, really come through in the clutch with his bat. He's really, really handled the staff well. 
So it's a 1 and 1A one with these two. You can't go wrong. So unless James McCann falters for whatever reason, I think James will be the number one the rest of the way. But it's good to know Thomas Nino's there in case he should falter. Okay, folks, I just want to say thanks again for checking us out today. Uh, your support really, really means a lot to me. And I uh, hope uh, we're servicing your met needs the best we can. Uh, again, if you want to reach out to me, reach me at philstan41 at gmail.com like some of you have. And thanks for all the positive feedback you've given me. And uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, please do. Whatever list carrier you're listening to, just subscribe to it. You'll be updated every day when it's available. And I look forward to having you as a devoted follower. Now, let's focus our attention on the Mets, uh, Cubs and Metsies this week. It's going to be a good series. Cubs are red hot. Who saw that game on ESPN? Was really feel fun last night? It was a fun ballpark, and the Cubs are really impressing this year. Big, big series against the Cards that they swept the Cards with. And uh, they're going to be a formidable foe, that's for sure. And how about Jake Arrieta? He's going to be going against the mound with us. Remember that one year he had where he was just lights out? Well, he had another strong bounce back start on Wednesday, holding the Padres for one run over five innings. He struck out six and walked one. He had an 8.28 ERA in his previous six turns. Arietta's 3-3 with a 6.40 ERA and seven road starts this year. Let's hope that continues. For our Metropolitans, we have David Peterson, 1-5. 6.32 ERA going. And they're going to keep throwing him out there, despite a 9.88 ERA over the last four starts. The Mets don't have a wealth of alternative options. And let's face it, Peterson's going to need to turn things around quickly if he wants to stick. So let's go, Dave. I know you can do it. I know we can uh, battle against these Cubs like we've never battled before. So hopefully I'll be back with the happy recap tomorrow. And uh, check it out. Subscribe, and you'll be ordered when it's up. If not, just search for us. I always post in the Mets group when the podcast is up, so check the group. If you're not a member, please join the Facebook group, New York Mets Baseball, a way of life. You'll be glad you did. Talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the beautiful day.